Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. And I'm your host, Technicia, where we do live interviews with people from all around the world who add value to your life and mine with their experiences, their tribulations, and their trials. And on this show, you get to have a good leeway where you can ask questions and you get to know the guests as much as I do. But while holding you up, I'll hit you with some good old tunes, and we'll be right back with my guests. And you're listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. I hope everyone has had a blessed week in so far. I hope the day is starting off good for you. If not, then let it be on my show. Doesn't make sense now. Shit just got real. Things are getting intense now. I hear you talking about we a lot. Oh, you speak French now. Giving me the sign, so I gotta take a hint now. I hit you up like, do you wanna hang right now? On the east side, and you know I'm with the gang right now. You say, do I own a watch? Do I know what time it is right now? Yeah. It's after 2 a.m. and that's asking a lot of you right now. All she talking about is come and see me for once. Come and see me for once. You don't ever come to me. You don't ever come to me. All she ever says, come and see me for us. Come and see me for us. You don't ever come to me. You don't ever come to me. I've been up for two whole days thinking what I did to keep you going. Thumbing through the voicemails that you left me telling me where I went wrong. I'll admit I'm sorry when I feel I'm truly sorry Things change, people change, feelings change too Never thought the circumstances would have changed you You said you never traded, no Yeah, you said that, you said that, you said that. And I believed you when they told me don't Yeah, I thought you meant that, thought you meant that, thought you meant that Well, either way, you're still invited and I can't even lie to you these days, all you say is come and see me for us, come and see me for us, you don't ever come to me, you don't ever come to me, all she hit me with is come and see me for us, come and see me for us, oh. y'all don't ever come to me, y'all don't ever come to me, why you gotta start girl, why you gotta start, I know we make time for the things that we want. I know you got another nigga trying to play the part Just cause he got a heart don't mean he got a heart Could be standing in the field and he still ain't in the field If anything should change then I thought we had a deal Lately you keep questioning what you get out the deal Doing things to make me feel the way I make it feel How hard is it to let you know when I'm coming home That way you could be prepared Maybe take a couple sick days and I miss pay I don't even know what things are looking like inside of your place Our house decorated This thing is getting one-sided, I can't even lie to you right now Yeah All she talking about is come and see me for once Come and see me for once Y'all never come to me Y'all never come to me Yeah All she hit me with is come and see me for once Come and see me for once you don't ever come to me Y'all never come to me
All right, you listening to Drake come and see me on a bright side with Technisha. I am so glad to be here today because every new day is a better day for us to get better in ourselves and to share that love. Make sure you share that love with someone out there. Let them know that you love them because you never know when your last words are. So definitely make sure. But I am having the honor because I'm going live too on Tango. So I'm doing blog talk radio and I'm going live on Tango as well. So if you're on Tango with me, make sure that you're also doing that as well because this is how I be able to get my show out and get the get the news out with you too this way. Anyhow, with me today, I have the honor. Oh, like I said, my show is all about everyone's trials and tribulations and the things that they have actually been through. But with me is Dr. Sada. Desolate, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, wants to live in a world filled with audacious, sexual, sovereign women living life on their own terms. As a thought leader and body philosopher, she has published several books, The Emergence of the Sensual Woman and the Illustrious J. Egg, and had her innovative method featured in work by Dr. Christian Northrup and Dr. Rachel Abrams. After two decades of dedicated and body professional practice, Sada is as a visionary spokesperson for sexual sovereignty movement. Sada has created seven online courses to assist women to successfully embody their sensuality while enhancing their sexual health. She has launched her year-long ambassador program for professional women who wish to bring her psychosexual method into her line of work. These ambassadors are part of creative, collaborative, global collective who are dedicated to the highest standard of information and education for women of all walks of life. Seeing the need to counter the detrimental effects of empathy, she created the Darren Project, which is a growing online membership of women from around the world for women who are curious about exploring what it means to claim themselves and be the force of nature they were born to be. The dynamic platform is assisting women to audaciously move from being a victim to confidently thriving in life. And we will give you the website where you can learn more about her. But without further ado, I would love to bring her on. Hi, Dolly. How are you today? I I hope that I was actually saying, I hope I was actually saying your name correctly. (laughs) It's a very hard name to say. It's Saida. Saida. Okay, Saida. You know, yeah. I fig- I kind of figured that. <laughs> so, Saida. How do you pronounce your last name? Desile. It's French. Okay, Saida Desile. I love that. I do. I love it. But I'm glad you're here with me. Like I said, this show is all about walks of life and people who actually feel their trials and tribulations. So, we are here with open ears to listen. If you want to call in, do so at 347 347- Four two six three seven five one. And if you're listening to the replay, please make sure you share and show the love. If you're listening to the replay on Tango, do the same and share it with others who need to hear this message. Um, first and foremost, Saida, how did we get to to where you are now? You're an ambassador program for professional women. Let's hear a little bit about your background and the things that you went through to to up to now. Okay, great. So my, I want to share uh, my youth because it's a very unusual youth. I am French-Canadian, but I grew up on Canadian First Nations reservations. And so as an outsider, um, it was a very strange experience because I wasn't part of the culture per se. I didn't even speak the language initially, although I did learn it. Um, but what happens on the, in these places, because there's so much pain and hardship, is there's a lot of uh, abuse and trauma. So I was witness to this from a very young age. But I had a very, um, yeah, I had a very resilient spirit. And I, I would often share with my little friends, I was only five or six years old when this was happening, um, about how lovely it was to be in my body. And I had found this, like, delicious part of my body that I thought they should explore in their own body. And um, so I had a very, you know, generous spirit. I really uh, loved my own body. I loved feeling good in it. And I would share that. And um, I'd get in trouble for it, of course. (laughs) 
but that's where it started. That's where the path started of having a love of sharing knowledge with women and also understanding that we don't live in a climate where our sexuality is something regarded with profound respect, where it's safe to really be a fully sensual and sexual woman and uh, where it's acceptable to actually be curious about cultivating this side of ourselves. So we live in that culture. I understood that from a young age. And then I think my Mm -hmm. turning point, the turning point for me, even though I had a great upbringing in my own family, was when I nearly died. I had two weeks to live, according to my surgeon, after a very violent rape. Mm. And so, yeah, so the healing journey that I had to go through because I was told I was going to die. So to heal from death is an interesting thing, right? You're faced either accept, you know, what you're told or rebel and and go into the deep unknown, the mystery. And obviously I chose the, the unknown, the mystery. And I let myself really go deeply into the wound and deeply into healing of it. I, I was on a mission to live. And so that's the journey that led me to where I am today, that, that initial very like, okay, do you want to live or do you want to die question? And then to have a full reclamation not only of my sexuality, my body, but I wasn't able to digest well. There were a lot of functions in my body that weren't working very well anymore. So I had to go through quite a few years of the physical healing piece and then emotionally, obviously, any kind of um, trauma or abuse or anything like that, it has layers. It has its own timing. It has its own wisdom. And so when I finally could come to a place where I was really ready for relationship and my body was ready to be sexual and I could do so in a way that had integrity and I wasn't just reacting or or acting out my pain. Um, That took a a few years, but that's what the basis of my work is. And I developed in that time a method, a healing method that really supports women. It, It looks at hey, guess what? You know, we're not just our genitals. We're not just our hearts. We're not just our minds. We're all of it all. And if we address our pain from the space that we're all of it all, transformation happens in incredible ways. And that's what birthed the idea of sexual sovereignty. I'm so proud of you, Saida, to overcome that. A lot of women are able to even admit to this type of thing. These are things we bottle up and we throw away and it takes a toll on our lives and we never come out forward and tell anyone of this, but you came forward and I hope this helps others out there on the live today. So what would you say are three things from your childhood that have actually impacted your life's work? Yeah, so I think the first was seeing so much atrocity. Our house was a shelter for, for any woman who wanted to get away from her situation. Inevitably, she would always go back. Why was it? My, I think my mom, my mom just had compassion. She just had compassion. And we, we were the weird family. We're the French people (laughs) in, in a, in a first nation culture. And we, the, the house got known as a safe haven and we would all, we would never refuse anyone. And so we, we would have women stay, and sometimes they'd stay a few days, up to a week. Right. And um, we would just feed them and play cards with them and just give them love and connect with them and, I guess, take them out of the greatest shock because it's very shocking um, initially when things happen. Um, we weren't, you know, professionals. We weren't, you know, doing therapy or anything. We were just citizens wanting to care for someone in our community and so, so that kind of started me on a path of knowing that this happened and having great compassion because it's not cut and dry. You know, when you tell a woman, why are you with him and, and why are you going back? It's not cut and dry, these things. So I got to learn about that. And then I think the next thing that happened in my youth that, that was very important was that as a teenager, I was like the, the tribe counselor. I had files on all my girlfriends and all their boyfriend troubles. <laughs> and so very quickly I learned I had a good ear. 
I could listen. I could, um, you know, again, give advice where I would help my friends understand that they mattered and that their hearts mattered and that their boundaries mattered in relationship. And that's interesting because that's still some of the foundational stuff in my work today. And back then I had no training. Again, it was just a natural ability that I had to listen and to support women to feel empowered. And I think the third very, very significant one was my father, his influence. And he basically was the one who taught me very powerful boundaries around my body. And he said, if anyone, anyone ever touches you, this is what you do. And he he would just tell me to be this outrageous, crazy banshee of yelling and screaming and kicking and punching and scratching. (laughs) You just coach that in me from a very young age. I think I was three or four years old when it started. And that actually helped me a lot to get out of situations because whenever something inappropriate would happen, I wouldn't, I'm not talking um, sexual violence, but say harassment, I would stand my ground and I would do so if, if someone was very pushy or being physical and trying to belligerent you know, belliger me into um, contact, I could stand my ground and push them away or, or even, I think I was 12 years old, I broke a young boy's nose because of something he did that was very inappropriate with my body. And Oh, my. Yeah, and, and, and so what that did is actually, first of all, it kept me safe. So nothing actually happened because I was, you know, able to create safe boundaries. And secondly, it, um, it gave me confidence that if someone's going to disrespect me, they have lost the opportunity for me to treat them with equal respect. Now we're in a category of I need to take care of myself because I respect myself. And I know this is hard for a lot of us to hear because we grew up in a culture where we should be good girls and nice girls. But that's only true if we're living in a community that respects us. If we're in a situation where someone's incredibly disrespectful or even wanting, intending to hurt or harm us, the nice girl has to get put to the side for a second. And the instinctual, powerful lioness needs to come forward and go, I am not letting anything like this happen. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I teach my twin girls that uh, today, don't let anyone disrespect you. And I will admit, as growing up, my mom would have her words or say something. I think back then, parents thought hollering at you. Sometimes I have to holler at my children, too. Um, they think that person <laughs> communicate or you call out your name. And I even let my know. I will be honest. If I feel like I'm disrespectful for you in any kind of way, please let me know. Don't be afraid because I'm the adult to express what you know, and I get on the same way. If a man even disrespects you, uh-uh, it's, time, it's time for you to walk away. We have to target these young boys, too, because they listen to too much garbage on TV. They think this is the lifestyle, go around, disrespect you. The songs are ridiculous. They are, they're already disrespectful, the songs. I mean, everything is so blunt and straightforward. It's like, my God, you know, there's there's no cutting corners with this music today. Sometimes I, I love the hip-hop, but then you be like, you know what? Y'all, y'all getting beyond yourself now. It's every word calling a woman to be ML. It's like, come on. And, and, mm-hmm. and no offense, but some ladies, we got to respect ourselves, too. If you put it out yeah. there, do not expect to have it come back to you as a boomerang and think it's supposed to come back to you nice. Once you throw that boomerang out there, it's going to come right back the same way you threw it. So we also have to respect ourselves. But I just love the way that you said, hey, I had to punch him. That got me right. I know that's why, that's why I tell my dogs, put your dukes up and hit them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's your personal space. And so self-defense, I think, should be part of, you know, every young girl's life, really. And, and not because I think uh, that she'll ever have to use it. Self-defense, mm-hmm. what it does is it teaches a woman the confidence that if she is in a situation, she can do something about it. That's the essence of it. It's not that you're going to walk around and hit people your whole life. You may never use it, ever. Because what happens is often, if you have that confidence, people leave you alone. So it's a very interesting, it's like body language, right? 
But I want to comment on what you said with young, the young boys because it, it's a very important thing that you brought up. And I don't see anything wrong with, with you know, music or, you know, videos or these things if the climate that those young boys is, are growing in, that the men and mm-hmm. the women are modeling what it looks like to respect one another. Right. However, those young boys are exposed to music that isn't contextualized as, that's music, there's videos, that's, you know, that's what that is, but that's not real life. Here's real life. But they're looking at real life and seeing all this disrespect everywhere they look. Yes. So there's no the difference. Right. Yes. So the con- context for young people, you have to understand young people learn more from what we model than what we say and do. We might say, you know, mm-hmm. respect a lady and turn around and, and not respect ourselves or another woman, or, you know, in, in our community. They're going to model themselves off that, not our words. So it's, this is mm-hmm. where um, sexual sovereignty as a collective idea for people and what I, w- I want to say what I mean by that, because it's like a mouthful of words, right? <laughs> so right. so sexual, sexual sovereignty just simply means that you have the full authority. You have the autonomy and full authority over your own body. You get to decide about your fertility, your pleasure, you know, who you want to have sex with, when, etc. That is nobody's business but your own. And, um, and it's implicit that if we have this, if we really behave like, hey, this body is, is my, it's the one thing I do have in this life, and I will have it my whole life, and we take care of it, there is an implicit respect that we start to cultivate for self. We have to, because if we're sovereign, that kind of comes with it. So we, we then would stand our ground, we would take care of that. And implicitly, when a person really respects themselves, it's a lot easier to respect other people. So in, in a climate of disrespect, this conversation mm. is important right. for all ages, it sure all is. of us. Yeah. Yes, it is. And we adults have to be the role models. We shouldn't let the rappers be the role models for our children. You know, we, right. we have to stand up. That's who we are. We are supposed to be the role models. That's even what, when I went to church, that's what my, the pastor said. We are the role models. Don't let these rappers be the role models. No Gucci man, nobody. I mean, we, it starts with home. you right. It's the climate that we surround them in. And and you, you're right, because I listen to rap too, but I'm not going out there. Let me go and disrespect you or shooting you up. No, it's not like that. It's, so we do. We have to step up to the plate, um, parents. Now, as, as being women, what do you perceive to probably be our greatest challenge that we're facing right now? So I feel that our greatest challenge right now is we're up against something we can't even see. So I call it the social mandate. It's like all the pressures of how we should and shouldn't be. It's like a soup and we're, we're swimming in it. So we can't see it. Okay. And so, so the challenge that we have is to know ourselves, to know our, our own values, and to take a stand for them. Because honestly, um, I don't know if this is true in your world, but the women that I meet, and I can say that this has been true for me as well, we're really clear on what we don't want and what we don't like. But when it mm-hmm. comes to naming what we would love, it's like crickets. <laughs> and I don't know that it's, Right. And I don't know if it's because uh, that we're not in contact with what we love. It's just that I think a lot of us believe that what's in our heart, what really matters for us deep in our heart, doesn't really isn't viable for some reason. And so that's the thing that's most in the way of a woman truly claiming her life um, for herself is to first even recognize that she gets to have unique desires unique dreams and take a stand for those things and who is she outside of all the pressures maybe you know your your everybody in your community does i don't know eats blueberries but you're a strawberry eater <laughs> but you eat the blueberries so you can fit in and belong but you don't really like them you like strawberries i'm being you know i'm joking here but it's to make a point Right. If we could encourage people instead to go, what do you really love? What is really important to you? 
you outside of that because you don't need to do those things in order to belong. And you see that a lot in the younger people because as we get older, we get a bit more spicy, I think. But it, it, for younger people, it, it's almost an issue of, of survival to belong. And, and that is true in terms of like our human inheritance. It used to be survival to belong. If you didn't, you could die if you weren't part of the tribe. However, to belong at the cost of our own values isn't belonging at all because we're not being seen for who we really are. So this is the thing that's in the way of really being sovereign, being able to stand our ground, being able to protect ourselves, being able to create the lives that we'd really love to live. Mm, that makes sense. It does. Saeed, that makes sense of everything that you actually said. I never even had thought of it in that context, but I do agree. I, I am going to have to agree on this. Now, Exactly. For the ones who are actually coming in right now, can you speak a little more on sexual severity? Um, uh, sexual sovereignty? Can you, yes. Sexual sovereignty. I, can you tell us exactly what that means? Yeah. So, again, so, so sovereignty just means authority over, you know, having the autonomy. Like a sovereign country, they're their own country, they have their own rules. They, they don't live by anybody else's rules. They have their own space. So that's the same for a human being, that you yourself, you have your own values and you have your body especially. This is something um, why it's so important is there's nowhere that I have found. And if you find it, please educate me. But I haven't found it yet. Anywhere of a, a formal declaration that we have the right to our own body. In the Human Rights Charter, you have the right to work, the right to own property, the right to get married. But... You don't actually, it's never been said formally that you have the right to your own body. And I think that's actually huge as a collective thought. And here's why I think it's huge. If we don't have the right to our own body, it's a lot easier to have slavery and to disrespect other people's bodies and to abuse people and have the sex trade and et cetera, et cetera. If you have the right to your own body and no one can, um, they don't have any jurisdiction there, like you get to make those choices, then we have to treat each other with respect. And that includes being a parent and how you handle your child. You don't own that child's body. That is their own body. You are, you know, the protector, you're the provider, you, you, the, the guide. But um, I think the greatest pain that I see is people who've been through abuse as young children by their own family members. This is very, very sad. So sexual sovereignty means, especially around sexuality, because we refuse for some reason to talk about sexuality as though it's natural like breathing. There's always such a charge. We giggle about it. We make fun of it. You know, we're crass about it. But it's, it's actually just like your beating heart. It's very natural to human beings to be sexual. And when we start to have really a, a profound regard for that and for ourselves, we'll treat ourselves differently. We'll treat each other differently. And then we can open the conversation and go, wow, what would we love from this place? So that's what sexual sovereignty is about. And it was created out of working with women all over the world over many, many years and realizing although every woman's path, their, their life journey, let's say, um, is unique and different, the result was the same. When a woman chooses to champion herself, when she chooses Why? that she matters, right? When she chooses that her body is not only a body, but it's, it's an incredibly beautiful, amazing space that she gets to enjoy and to protect and to respect, a change happens. And that change I eventually named sexual sovereignty. She becomes, in, in, you know, in in easy terms, the queen of her own world, queen of her own body. And she gets to make, uh, be the sole person who makes those choices. And, you know, I think we've done a disservice to people around this topic because our society has never clearly defined any standards around sexual 
behavior, really. We, we've not said, okay, unless you have explicit consent, you should never touch another person, period. Okay. It's not, it's, right? It's just not said. We don't say those things. And so, so people behave in all kinds of weird ways. And like you said, we have the influence of media that's very disrespectful to one another most of the time. You know, all the different movies and, and music videos and, and just the influence of even how we treat each other. You look at how we treat each other politically on news channels. People are behaving like children, immature brats, actually, versus, you know, adults who are grounded and respectful and understanding that every word they say is impacting the, the greater collective. And so they have a great responsibility when they're in leadership positions. Well, as you know, because you run a, a station, you, you run a program, everything you provide on this program is influencing your listeners. It's an incredible privilege to have that role. And when we're in those roles, and that includes, and you may feel as a listener that you don't have that role, but you do. If you're a parent, if you are a friend, whatever you are in your community, you are influencing the people around you by the choices that you make. Your choices matter and they have impact. And our society harms people by somehow, I don't know how, it's, it's like this unsaid thing that we don't matter, our, voice don't, don't matter, our voices don't matter, and our choices, ah, they don't really matter, they don't have impact, which is all untrue. And so what we've done essentially is create a culture of victims. And, but, mm-hmm. but really what we are from birth are kings and queens. We are sovereign beings. That's, that's probably the, the greatest uh, harm that we have done as a, more of a society, you know, ha- the habits of society. That's right. The habits of society are, are totally different. You know, that's why, I mean, you, you have to go out here, you have to do your research to understand what may or may not be the right thing to do or say out here to me. And I'm glad I'm getting a clear understanding of sovereignty here because to me, it's, as you were saying, it's an independent power over your own body. No one's controlling you where you can't be raped or traded in marriage like you have over in yep. parts in parts of Africa. But and you and you get and, and this helps you I'm sure this helps in most part of the world where they could be able to choose their own sexual and marital partners because most countries I don't think they can end up choosing who they want. They actually have to um they're brought into the I can't even think of the words, Saida, but your husband or wife is actually chosen for you. But with is this yeah. sexual um sovereignty is this is this also connected with males too or just preferably oh, yes. females? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> you can't have one gender sovereign and the other not. So everyone across the board is either we are all born sovereign or none of us are. It, it, it's it's a human condition. It's not something to do with gender or culture or po- politics. It's really like you're born, you have the right to to breathe, you have the right to water, you have the right, you know, there's certain basic human rights and the right to your own body, I believe is a right that has not been said, but that is innately true. It's, it's natural. It comes with birth. And so that's for boys and girls, for everybody. And this also includes, I mean, issues, oh, we, we could look at um, issues where, and for me, it's more like when an institution or a government believes that the population doesn't have the wherewithal to make good choices, so they decide for the population. This is how you're going to deal with your fertility. This is how you're going to deal with um, immunization. This is, they're making huge decisions that are actually meant to be personal. And wow. um, I don't agree with it. And I think that the reason they get away with it is because as a general, as a population, we have never sat with the idea, hey, wait a second, this body is mine. First and foremost, no one can make a choice about what happens with this body. And, and to take a stand for that, we, we just, we haven't. We haven't. It's just the way we were enculturated. So now why I love 
the Me Too movement and what's happening with the uprising of people, you know, taking a stand and having a voice, is it offers an opportunity for all of us, if we want it, to start having a new conversation. I call it the now what conversation. <laughs> so, okay, so we've, we've spoken up. We know what's wrong. We, we know who's accountable. But now what? Because if we just stop at labeling and blaming and shaming, the conversation mm-hmm. never changes. It just keeps going in the same circle. So to break that pattern, to break, it's called the trauma cycle, to break the trauma cycle, we need to lean into and take and be courageous, like be audacious and have the conversation. Now what? Now what would you love? If, if we've been able to say that this has happened, we know who did it, and they're being held accountable, now how do you want to interact? What kind of world would you love, you yourself, first and foremost, to live in? And then you can consider what kind of world you would love say, if you're a parent for your kids, but first and foremost, for yourself, what is that definition? What does that world look like? And we won't create that world if we're not having a collective conversation about it. Right. We, these, are, these are discussions that we need to have throughout the entire process of young ladies and men growing up. These are things that even maybe they need to have in school, we need to teach these things. We're not we're not cracking down. Also, it needs to be brought up in the home. That's why I'm glad that you are here, mm-hmm. where we can get this information. Because this is I want my daughters. I, I stress this enough. Have respect for yourself. Don't let nobody abuse you. We need to. It, it has to go all hand to hand. We have to get back. I guess back to that concept where it takes a whole community. It takes a whole village to raise a child. That's what we lose the focus on. We haven't done. We haven't um, had that method done in so long because, I mean, children raising children now. So, oh, it's it's a lot. But I don't want anyone to go anywhere because this conversation is just so good with Dr. Saida. I want you to stay tuned. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back with more questions. Please do not hesitate to call in at 347-426-3751 with your questions. If you don't want to call in, we're on Tango Live as well where I can answer your questions and give them up. And we'll have more at the end of the show where you maybe can email and if you kind of shy on that side. But definitely don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this short break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. 
Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Bright Side with Technicia, and I'm here with my guest, Dr. Saida, and we've been talking about sexual sovereignty, which may sound complicated, but the concept is actually simple. It's a very basic right of deciding for yourself who you love and how you love, but it really goes farther than that. It's about setting and respecting those boundaries. It is also about acknowledging people's comfort level and not pushing people into awkward situations. It starts with kids and extends to women and men into their 70s, 80s, and and beyond, most definitely. And we've been having great conversations. So if you're watching the replay, please make sure you're sharing it with everyone around you because we want to get the message out most definitely. Um, Now, Dr. Saida, you have a recent movement called Me Too, which has stirred up a lot for millions of people. What do you feel is at the heart of this movement? Uh, Yeah, this is a really great question. So I believe, and maybe you've seen this, but I believe there's going to be more and more whistleblowing in all avenues of life, not just politically, not just in the military, but everywhere. And here's why. I think we've reached a point culturally that we have no more tolerance for BS and no more tolerance for having the wool pulled over our eyes. We want the truth. Why? And and so people are just tired of like we and you can see in the Me Too movement they're like well why didn't anyone say anything years ago because years ago we weren't living in a climate where it was safe to say something it's easy to say that now but back then people's jobs were on the line and people would turn a blind eye because if they said something it would impact their career and it's it was scary their survival was on the line but now people are like hey. I don't care if my job's on the line. This can't be happening. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. I, I so agree. I'm listening all these, all, yes, all these, yes. not cutting you all down, Saeed, but I'm, I'll be listening to all these sexual harassment cases that have been over 20 years, and I'm like, no. Is that what we want to teach our young ladies and men, who I include you, because sexual harassment can happen to anyone. We don't want you to hold back. If something's going on, I know a lot of times we'd be thinking about our job, but look, I'm not going to be bothered with you bothering me in any kind of way. And if it calls for me to lose my job, then so be it. It wasn't meant for me to have it in the first place. Mm. Yes, exactly. And the cost of staying in the abusive situation is much greater than the cost of losing that job because it's the cost of your own integrity. It's the cost of your own well-being. People should not be walking around feeling unsafe feeling um, terrified or feeling, you know, just this, this horrible sensation that, that they're holding mm-hmm. in their bellies or anywhere they're holding in their bodies where their throats are all caught up and shut down and they can't speak. That is not an ideal work setting. You, you, you right. wouldn't want someone, you know, you want people to be feeling confident and relaxed and able to do their job as best that they can. That's, that's, that's the point of hiring someone is to have them be functional. The point of hiring someone is not then to abuse your power and abuse, you know, your, the, the privilege of authority. That is not the point. The point is for people to bring in their gifts and to share them abundantly and in a way where they feel confident and safe to do so. And I think, again, that's why the, the topic of sexual sovereignty is so important is right. as we start to converse it, as we start to bring it into regular language, it, the idea that we have profound respect for ourselves and then others. So imagine a society like that, and then something happens in a workspace or you know, out at a bar, it doesn't matter where. Would you stand by and, and turn a blind eye? No, because no. you're living in a society where that's not okay. As a young woman or a young man, you would go, hey, you can't treat that person that way. What are you doing? And so we would confront these issues collectively together instead of letting the, the victim of the situation have to handle it all by herself or himself. Oftentimes there are witnesses. If there aren't, and, and I've been in a situation where, you know, my situation, there weren't witnesses. But I can tell you, I screamed loud enough, I swear the neighborhood would have woken up. You know what I'm saying? And nobody, and, and nobody came. And the next morning, the, all these people who 
heard me but didn't, did nothing, greeted me, you know, good morning, how are you? I'm like, well, you know how I am because you heard it last night and it's not a pretty thing. So, so in a culture where sexual sovereignty is the norm, we would actually stand up. They've done some really cool social experiments. You can look, you know, you can Google the social experiments where actors would act out a woman being raped in a public area and they filmed the reactions of people and a large number of people would just walk away really quickly and ignore it instead of stepping in or yelling or calling the cops or doing something. So culturally Mm -hmm. it's like, excuse me, I would go berserker. And I would just go berserker if I witnessed something like that. It's, and so would my partner. So, so it's important as a collective that, that we, we know we're not alone. We're not in isolation. It's, it's part of, it's weird. It's like we have these social network systems that are supposed to make us feel more connected. And yet, mm-hmm. collectively, we're more disconnected. I don't have an issue. I, I've been hassled um, on, I was in Barbados, and I was being hassled on wow. the beach by a person from Jamaica and he would not go away. He would just not go away. No matter how polite I was, finally I was direct and I was like, you got to go. And he just wouldn't, he sat on my towel. He wouldn't leave. And so I got up and I walked over to the Bayesian man and I was like, this man is harassing me. He's not leaving. I'm incredibly uncomfortable. I don't know what to do aside from, you know, kicking some ass and I don't want to do that. And he said, I got this. And he walked over. He handled the situation. The man left. So I felt, because in in, um, Barbados, there's still chivalry. It it still exists there. Despite the fact that, you know, men are very vocal about women's beauty, there's also this chivalrous uh, experience that I had when I was there. And so that's the thing. Like, if if we could, if I knew I'm in a, a metro or and I'm walking, and something's happening, if I can go up to a man or another woman and say, I'm not feeling safe, no worries, we got you. If we could do that for each other collectively. Exactly. This is a situation, because this has also happened to me where I've been on the metro, and I see a young woman, and she is being harassed by a gang of, of young guys, and I just get myself up, I put myself between them and her. I turn my back to them and I look at her and I say, honey, are you good? Is this what, you know, are you enjoying this? Because if you're not, you're coming with me. And she's like, I'm not. I'm like, come with me then, baby. We're leaving together. And I just interrupt because I've learned through my life and also, you know, with my upbringing to speak up. And the Me Too movement, thankfully, is seeding this, normal thing called speaking up when something isn't okay all kids should know this and they don't so we're not speaking up yes right we have to we we sit around think it's okay no okay because you turn the other head if you don't get involved how do you expect anything to change stop turning the other cheek that's why we uh, had so many wars before our time somebody else uh, turned the other cheek instead of stepping in the middle hey don't do this don't do that. They thought everybody agreed. Yeah, let's do this. If you see something, speak up. Even if you if, look, if it's a group or a gang, and I can't do too much to fight them off because I don't have time to get shot. But I'm gonna call nine one one. Any little thing matters. Any little help counts. Mm-hmm. Don't sit around and do it. Even for males, if you see a male being attacked, do it. And I think um they did show a video like that too, Dr. Saida, where the men were harassed too because we can't forget about you. We think because you're a male, yep. you don't need. You know, Males and little things, yeah. I mean, things happen either way, no matter what sex. You know, I, I love, I do, I love your story because your story from victim to thriving is so powerful. What would you say was probably the main key element to your transformation? Mm. Such a powerful question. I think the main key element was to choose to trust myself above everything else. Because if you think about my situation, I was told by the surgeon that I had two weeks to live. Most people in that case would believe they're a surgeon, right? You come out, that's the verdict, you believe it. But I didn't. 
I chose to trust myself and I, I asked myself, is it true for me? Forget what's just been said. And I went with what was true for me was that I want to live. I may be about to die, but that doesn't change the fact that I want to live and I will do everything in my power to live. And what I notice when I work with a lot of women, especially those who've had difficult situations in their lives, there is a lack of trust that comes towards even ourselves and our own bodies. We could even feel betrayed by our own bodies. And that's also true with illness. If we've had an illness, we, feel, we can feel betrayed by our own bodies. So rebuilding that trust is crucial because when we numb out and we ignore, what we're doing essentially is turning ourselves off. Now we're less aware, which makes us less safe. And the quality of our life is very low because when you turn off in order to not feel the bad feelings, what you essentially done is you now also can't access the good feelings because they're the same switch. There's only an on-off switch. <laughs> so to turn yeah. on again, yes, we'll have to face the challenge mm-hmm. and the pain, but there's power in that. There's power in that. So one of the things I like to say is we're not broken. We don't need right. to be fixed. So if we don't need to be fixed, what do we need to do? I like to call it sometimes loving ourselves into wholeness. Like just that, that journey of what would it be like to really love myself? And, right. uh, and that's different for all of us. And it could start with the smallest thing. It's a tiny thing. Maybe to love yourself, you, you get, get up an extra 20 minutes early and you move your body in a way that you've really been wanting to move your body, but you haven't um, for whatever reason. Or maybe to love yourself is you, know, you call in sick because your menstrual cramps are so bad, you're blacking out and you just can't go to work. I don't know. It's going to be different for all of us. And the gestures of loving self means to respect self. You can't love something and not respect. That's not love. It's something else. It sure is something else. And that's why we're here to learn it most definitely. Um, now, you are married. Does your husband support this work? Absolutely. My, uh, my husband actually awesome. works with men. Um, so he's oh, really championing. He's championing men. He's championing men in their hearts and their bodies and their genius. Um, men, you know, it's, it's not easy for any of us. We all are exposed to and suffer the impact of socially mandated behaviors. And for a lot of men, you know, if you look at what's emotionally allowed for a man to express, it's very little. How inhibiting is that? Well, you can't be free in your own heart. And then, you know, there's this image that, that uh, he deals with young men, even in their teens, that are addicted to Viagra, which is ridiculous if you think about it. But, but it's how this society has, like, allowed this to come in where, where we commoditize our sexuality. And that's true for men and women, that we commoditize sexuality. And it's, it's a human birthright. It's not a commodity. We shouldn't bargain for it. (laughs) It's something that we can enjoy on our own, and it's something that we can choose to share with another person. But to actually treat it like it's a commodity, something cheap, is, I think, one of the greatest harms we've done both to men and women. The way that we raise little boys, I find very brutal in some ways because we're not initiating them into a a full, fully integrated emotional human being, a place where they, they can learn healthy boundaries, they, where they actually learn self-respect and where they learn brotherhood, like real, genuine brotherhood. Um, there's a lot of absent fathers in many cases, so young men are missing the influence of a wiser elder male, and that's important. You even see it in, like, um, I don't know if you've been to Africa, but but in the in with the elephants, there's these gangs now of young bucks, like they're like teenage elephants, and they're crazy with testosterone, and they're quite violent. Typically, mm-hmm. there's a huge bull male, like an elder male, who sets them straight, mm-hmm. who calms them down. He's the only one that can really do that, and 
they, most of the bull males have been killed off. So there's no influencing elder male. And there's literally now gangs of young elephants that harass the rest of the elephants, that harass, you know, human beings. Um, so it's not unlike what's happening in, in the human culture where there's, you know, a lack of influence of good, uh, healthy male presence for young boys and young men. And, uh, and it's needed. It's part of the male psyche. Can't just raise boys with girls. There's an there's a initiation that happens for young men that need to happen with wise men, just as there's an initiation for young women that need to happen with wise women. And we, we're missing that now in our culture. And so part of this conversation today is to make people aware of, hey, okay, so these things yes, are missing. These things, you know, mm-hmm. and how we are right now isn't necessarily great. We got that. So now what, right? Let, what would we love? Right. What does it look like? Because each of us exactly. has that power to contribute to the to the now what. And as a matter of fact, I was going to ask, because you have another project out. You have a growing global community for women called the Darren Project. What exactly is this all about? Yeah, so this is an amazing, it's an online it's an online community. So we, we do it through Facebook. It's a paid membership, but people can, women can come in and try it. I think it's 30 days where there's a trial and see if it's right for you. And so what's happening there is literally women from all cultures. It's a global. So that's what I love about it. Cause you're meeting different women who have different views and different ways of thinking and different experiences in a environment where your own voice matters where your story matters, where you matter, you're really important, and you're encouraged to um, express yourself. You're held in a space that's really safe, where your own confidence can grow, where um, if you've had some difficult moments, you can come forward with those moments and be seen without being treated like you're any less than anyone else, without anything like that, just deep respect, because you're seen as powerful. In this community, we see every woman as powerful. We see every woman that she's not broken. We don't need to spend all our energy fixing ourselves. And we see every woman um, mattering, that, that she, who she is, has importance. And so that's what we do in the daring community. And it's all ages. And it's amazing. I just absolutely love what's happening in there. Well, hey, I love it too. This is getting the word out. Um, now, as as far as we get to the end of the show, Dr. Saida, do you have a simple tip that our listeners can put into practice right now? Yeah, a very simple tip is um, having choosing to have a benevolent relationship with yourself yes. and choosing to stand your ground in keeping this self safe. What that means is if someone even is verbally disrespecting you, you don't even need to engage it. You can actually walk away. And, and just those simple practices, like choosing to have like a benevolent relationship with yourself is a big ask because most of us don't treat ourselves very well. So that's like already a big ask. And then the second part is if you really did respect yourself, you know, standing up for yourself is a good thing. And that doesn't mean you need to be in a fight every time someone says something. You can actually just walk right. away. Yeah. You got to learn how to choose your battles. That's what I always mm-hmm. learn. I, I, everything that you said off on on all this, mostly I teach my dogs the same thing. Learn to choose your battles because you're going to be fighting every single day. You have a long way to go. Don't be somebody who feeds you off every time. So learn to pick your battles. You don't have to fight everything. It's always good to walk away. It don't make you a chump or a punk. It just means that you're better by the end of the day in your life, too. Because a lot of times, you got to be careful. You, can't, you fight these people now. Be realistic. You're either going to get shot and be six feet under. So walk away. That's the best solution that I have. But if this show has gave you any value today, please make sure you like and share it because we're starting a revolution most definitely. Dr. Saida, do you mind giving your website out? Because I know you have great books um, as well. We couldn't get into about her newest book, um, which I, I wanted to get into that. But most definitely, I'm sure you probably have it on your website about your newest book. 
Yeah, so the the book isn't released yet, but it will be very soon. It's it's on Desire, yeah. but a very special look at Desire. But the 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 URL I'm going to give you is the Daring Project, the Daring Project, and that's a page you're going to get. You get a lot of information, and you're invited as a woman to come in and experience this community. For men, I apologize, I don't have it's it's a women's only community. But my Facebook page, you could always find me there, um, is for both men and women. And thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an incredible conversation. And I feel really moved it by your heart and your passion. Thank you. I'm so enlightened by this conversation. I hope to have you on in the near future. Thank you so much. And before I leave any of you, you know I have to always give my true friend Mary Ellen, also was a former guest on my show. Discover a tolerant frame of mind. Become more lenient with people who approach you by challenging your own judgments. Try to remember that just because other people have a different point of view, it does not mean it is incorrect, just different. When you change your mind to accept your perspective as bendable, you can then allow your mind to see the world through another person's eyes. Today, respond with tolerance. Enjoy the day. And and remember, if you come through any conflict of interest, sometimes the best solution, as Dr. Saida said, is to walk away. Choose your battles wisely. Have a blessed day, everyone, and I'll Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 